unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And I actually met a couple of missionaries at the local library when I was doing some research for my project. I'm like, huh, this is perfect. So I introduced myself to them. I agreed to a lesson and they gave me a lesson on the restoration. I met with them a couple more times. I went to a sacrament meeting at the local ward and I was like, okay, these guys are nuts. This is (laughs) not going to go anywhere. And I actually lost interest with the church. And I was like, you know what? Not even going to bother going forward with this. I'm just going to, they can do them. I'm going to do me. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Saints Unscripted. We are here with Oliver today. We're going to hear Oliver's conversion story. Um, Oliver, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. I, 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 I'm excited to learn more about you. All I know about you so far is that you're a convert to the church and that you're living in the province of Ontario, Canada. What, what, but what else can we, what else do you want to tell us about yourself? Well, that covers the main two basics. I live in Canada. I'm a convert to the church. Um, I currently work in retail in um, specifically customer service at the moment. Um, I've been a member of the church for about three and a half years. And I was actually raised as a Christian, just not with this specific version of Christianity. I was raised a Baptist, but I'll get more into that later. And here I am. Okay. Well, great. Uh, Your work in retail, uh, any... uh store that that people in the united states would be familiar with oh definitely walmart oh yeah that's what i'm talking about (laughs) okay yep so great to have you on the show oliver thanks for introducing yourself um been in the church for three and a half years you said yeah and you were baptist before that were you raised baptist is that what you said i was yeah Okay, so so when did you come in contact with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? How did that go down? Okay, so I've got to set up a little bit of a story here. So I was raised as a Baptist, and I loved that because it gave me uh, love and understanding for Jesus Christ and the role he plays in my life, which really gave me, um, it gave me a moral foundation, but it also gave me a bit of purpose. But as I got older, I realized there were so many things I was being taught that I just couldn't wrap my head around and just didn't make sense. Like, how could an all-loving God condemn people to hell simply for being born into the wrong religion? Mm. What about all those people who live in parts of the world who will die without getting the opportunity to even know about Christ? And that, along with a few other things, ultimately left me to leave the Baptist church for... I want to say about a year, year and a half. And I actually just sort of put Christianity in a box and was like, okay, I still consider myself a believer in God, but in terms of subscribing to a specific form of Christianity, not going to worry about it. And then about a year or so later, I came to another church, a local Christian reform church. And I liked it. I thought everybody was super friendly. The teachings were... Um, I felt biblically sound and very practical, which was what I was looking for. And that sort of reignited my passion as a Christian. And to the point where it made me a little, I want to say overzealous in the sense that not only did I think it was my 
duty to be living as a Christian and telling others about Christ. I felt it was my duty to seek out false Christian churches and try and prove them wrong. Ah. So, I, so I set up this little blog and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was on the list. And ah. I was like, okay, these guys are wrong. I don't know why they're wrong, but they are wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> I set about to try and disprove them. And I actually met a couple of missionaries at the local library. When I was doing some research for my project, I'm like, huh, this is perfect. So I introduced myself to them. I agreed to a lesson and they gave me a lesson on the restoration. I met with them a couple more times. I went to a sacrament meeting at the local ward and I was like, okay, these guys are nuts. This is <laughs> not going to go anywhere. And I actually lost interest with the church. And I was like, you know what? Not even going to bother going forward with this. I'm just going to, they can do them. I'm going to do me. Did you write about so, it on your blog? I was going to, but I never did. Funnily ah, enough, okay. I, was, I was like, you know what? This just isn't as interesting as I thought it would be. They're just crazy. There's nothing I can do that can disprove them. So I'm just going to let them do them. I'll do me. Fast forward about a year and I'm watching this documentary on YouTube. It's, I forget the name of the documentary. Basically, it has a bunch of different hosts of reality TV shows talking about their show and why they do what they do. And I remember there was this one guy, he... Basically, in the context of his interview, he said, if you don't look at both sides of the story, that's intellectually lazy. And I realized that when it came to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'd been only looking into why they're wrong. Mm. So I started looking into why the church is true. And then I started getting lots of things thrown my way. Like there's DNA evidence that matches. There's archaeological findings that match. And I was like, okay, so you're doing a lot better than I thought you would be. And I actually went on to the, at the time it was mormon.org when they also had online missionaries you could just chat to. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to a couple of elders on there. And I remember one of them saying, it sounds like you've got a physical testimony. Now you just need the spiritual one. I'm like, you know what? He's right. So he put me in touch with the local missionaries. We had a lesson on the restoration. And I remember praying about it. I'm like, is this true? And the spirit was just so strong. And I got such a strong confirmation that night that I went ahead with all the lessons and was baptized in just over two weeks. Wow. Okay. So how did, how did your family take all this while this was happening? Oh boy. Um, so it was a secret for a while. I just like, I was like, this is not going to be an easy conversation. And with me, when something's difficult, I try and put it off and put it off and put it off. But I actually remember I was going to, I was going out somewhere with my dad and then it was the, the week of my baptism, like a few days before I was getting baptized. I forget how, but the church came up, um, well, specifically Mormons came up in our conversation and I remember just mentioning to my dad, so here's the thing, I'm getting baptized with them this Saturday. Oh my God. And that was not fun. Um had almost a, like an intervention with my parents and then my previous no my parents pastor he contacted me we had a conversation and then I had a conversation with my current pastor just to be like hey this is what I'm doing I'm going to this church and the conversations were we don't want to tell you not to do it but this is why you shouldn't do it and hmm. ultimately hmm. I ended up just going for it anyway 
So why were their arguments not persuasive to you? Because of that confirmation that I had got from the spirit that I was doing the right thing. Like, this is something I've not shared with a lot of people, but the night before I was scheduled to meet with the missionaries for the second time, I actually had a dream. And in that dream, I got a strong confirmation that what I was doing was right, that this was the true church. And I was like, doesn't matter what they're going to show me right now. I mean, I did freak out with a couple of little things, like some of the deeper doctrine stuff. But ultimately, I was like, you know what? I've had the witness that this is true. I'm just going to go for it. And then it will all make sense later. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a faith filled attitude right there. I appreciate that. Um, Thanks. <laughs> so so sure. Baptist, then you were non-denominational Christian. Then you joined yep. another local Christian congregation and then you joined yep. our faith. I'm assuming your, your parents were Baptist through the whole through this whole process, right? Oh, and they still are. Okay. Um, yeah. Did they put up a similar uh, fight? I want to say maybe fight's not the right word, but you, you kind of described it as almost an intervention when you decided to be baptized mm. into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Did they put up that same kind of fight when you left the Baptist church or when you joined the, the following congregation after that? Or was it just kind of a lack? No, not at all. Okay, so Why? So, okay, so what I'm I'm understanding is that they put up a bigger fight when you decided to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints than they did when you left their faith. Right. Why? It's because if you go to a Christian and you say either the word Mormon or Jehovah's Witness, the first word that comes to their head is cult. I've been involved in a number of cults, both as a leader and a follower. You have more fun as a follower but you make more money as a leader. So they were worried I was getting wrapped up in this cult. I was being brainwashed and all that fun stuff. So that's where they were concerned. And I was like, I was so mad about it for the longest time. But then I was like, you know what? If I genuinely believed one of my kids was getting wrapped up in this cult, of course I'm going to be worried. And of course I'm going to talk it out. It took me quite a while to um, sort of see their side of things which I guess is why it sort of helps understanding where they're coming from, because now there's not, at least from what I'm perceiving, there's not as much tension. We're still going to disagree on so many major things, but the tension that was there for the first, I want to say almost the first year, has subsided. Great. Well, that's great to hear. Okay, I've, I've got a theory, and it has nothing to do with this battery. Um, so I recently, uh, I started making a list, a Google sheet of all of the early anti-Latter-day Saint literature that was published uh, in the 1800s, pretty much. And I've just barely yeah. scratched the surface, but I'm already at like 15-ish books um, between 1834 and 1899. Um, and I was thinking about it and, and this is my theory because I've seen this happen. I've, I've done, you know, a few of these kind of interviews where I talk about, we, we, we learn about people's conversion stories and this seems to be a pattern that like you can join any other, you know, Christian faith, but if you join those Latter-day Saints, intervention. Yeah, basically. An intervention, it's sort of hard to describe, but really it's, it's a coming together. It's a surprise party for people who are, who have addictions. And my theory is this, 
obviously people didn't like us in the 1830s when our church was uh, established or restored, you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, But then after Joseph Smith dies, the church moves. They, they, They trek into the desert for a few thousand miles and end up in Utah territory. And they just kind of, they're just kind of on their own out there. Meanwhile, in the rest of the United States, this is my theory, the rest of the United States just has free reign to just rag on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And my theory is that the current attitude in uh, a lot of the United States or Canada towards Latter-day Saints is kind of based off of that foundation of having decades and decades to just spread rumors and let these, you know, rumors fester and fester until, you know, we're this crazy cult. Now. Anyways, I, that was just something I was thinking about recently. It's, and it's my, my running theory as to why everybody doesn't like us very much. Cause I can't, other than that, I have such a hard time figuring it out. Like I, I think we're yeah. generally nice people. We believe some good things. We don't believe you're going to suffer in an eternal hell, which I think is one of those things you probably liked about us. But anyways, I'm talking too much. And I do want to know, what was it about the church that maybe initially struck you, that intrigued you, as opposed to, you know, the other thousands of options out there? I remember, I don't actually remember specifically how it happened, but I knew... Like when I was writing that blog, trying to expose the church, I actually, when I revisited it the second time, it was to expose it again. But when I started looking more in the church's favor, I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff here that I can't actually refute. And then I started looking more into the doctrine. And then when I came, when I started going to the meetings, I found that the plan of salvation to me was what um, resonated with me the most. I mean, it was different to what I was used to because I was used to either one heaven or hell. There's nothing else. So the idea of there being a spirit world and three degrees of glory and a pre-mortal existence, I was like, I wasn't really sure how to take it at first. I was like, you know what? I'll deal with it when the time comes. But as I've gone further and further in my journey in the church and I've started really studying these aspects of doctrine, I've been like, okay, this makes way more sense than anything that I was raised with. The fact that everybody, regardless of when they were born and where in the world they're born, has the opportunity to receive the gospel, that for me was just such a beautiful concept. I was like, that just makes so much more sense than God is going to make people and just so that he can condemn them to hell. Yeah, kind of that predestination type idea. Mm. Um, I could go into a whole rant about that, but I won't. I saw it in your eyes. <laughs> yep. Um, I love that. And, I'm, and I totally agree with you. The plan of salvation for me is just amazing. How did you deal with the things that, that were thrown at you, maybe by your parents or your pastor or friends or whoever? Um, how did you deal with things that you maybe didn't have an answer for? Because I'm sure that, that or, or at least based on what I've seen in the conversion stories of other people, what generally happens is that the pastor or whoever will just kind of dig up, you know, dirt on the church or, or controversy and they'll throw it your way and they'll be like, you do what you want, but look at this, you know? Well, actually, my last pastor that I had before I became a member of the church, he's the kind of guy that he will say his piece, but he doesn't want to force you to do anything. 
he's right. going to be loving and supportive regardless, which I think is amazing. And I think that's how all Christians should be. Yeah. But the one thing that I did, and this, this ties into another part of my story is a lot of the, like, especially some of the questions about the deeper doctrine stuff, I would push it down and push it down and not really address that I had questions and some of the things weren't really making sense. And I just, again, I was pushing it down and pushing it down to the point where um, we had somebody join my branch uh, last summer. And at one point they actually messaged me asking some of these deeper doctrine questions. And I was just going to type out a response. I was like, wait a second, why am I saying this? I don't even know how I feel about these questions. I was like, this is the answer that I've heard people say, but do I really believe it? And I sort of went on this downward spiral because I realized there were so many questions that I had that I hadn't actually addressed. And it overwhelmed me to the point where I wish I would have done this a little less dramatically, but I basically emailed everyone and said, I'm leaving the church. And I posted it on Instagram, posted it on Facebook. And I had intended to just completely walk away. And I ultimately came back, but so I wish I would have dealt with it better because I think questions are important to have, but it's how you deal with those questions that ultimately matters. And I think coming to the realization that there's so much that I do believe that completely outweighs what I don't necessarily understand and what I don't understand, I'll either get, I'll either understand it later on or I will understand it in the next life. It's really not important to me right now in terms of my journey. Did you actually leave the church for a time or did you not get to that? I went inactive for a while. I mean, I had actually intended to have my records removed from the church. Okay. I was also on a, I was actually a service missionary for a year and I was released from my mission and I was also working as a, a temple ordinance worker and was released from that too, released from my callings within the branch. And I basically just, Apart from the occasional conversation I'd have with the missionaries or um, my branch president or a couple others in the church, I really wasn't involved in terms of like anything church related. I sort of put that on the back burner. I didn't even participate in last October's general conference. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want anything to do with it. And then my goal was to find another church to go to. And I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And one day I just said to myself, okay, you need to reaffirm what you believe. And I found there was so much that I do believe that no other church teaches. I'm like, then maybe you should go back. And ultimately I did. I was like, that's where I came to the conclusion that really the big picture questions that I may not understand now don't really matter and will make sense when they make sense. Mm. So it sounds to me kind of like when you left the church, you were missing the forest for the trees in that you were so caught up in these details and questions you didn't have answers for that you were forgetting the beauty of the whole forest. And then basically, you, yeah. And then when you came back, you were like, holy cow, I've got this great forest that I'm ignoring because of these imperfect trees, you know, is that kind yeah. of how you feel, how you felt? Yeah, basically. And when I came back, I came back again with such a passion for what I believe. And I actually started another blog. Really? This time, defending um, certain aspects of doctrine, there was also, when I was, like the week I was baptized, I was given an article by my church pastor from a Christian apologetics uh, organization, and it was basically going over all the reasons why we are not Christians, and I've actually gone through a few of the guy's articles that he's written about our church. He's written like at least 100 articles on our church. I'm like, wow, he has a lot of spare time. Um, 
So I've actually been going through a few of these articles that I've been posting responses to them on my blog, as well as covering like my story, other doctrinal things, and not necessarily the, like I'm representing the church. This is what the church believes more. So this is how I, as a believer, look at these things and why they, to me, make sense. What's the name of your blog? It's called Oliver's Church Blog. I can send you the link after. Great. We'll put that link in the description. Last question for you. What advice would you have for people who are where you were? I guess you've been, you've been in a few different positions with the church. You've been a, a non-member. You've been a less active member. Maybe you could speak to both of those positions. If someone is looking into the church, looking into learning more and maybe getting baptized, um, or if they've gone less active and are maybe thinking about getting back into church, well, what advice would you have for them coming from your experience? Okay, so I guess I'll address the, um, the investigators first. Okay. And I would just say, there's going to be a lot of information you're going to come across that is either um, confusing or it's going to maybe not make sense or it's going to be controversial. Don't let that stuff be the reason why you decide not to join the church. Ultimately, the reason you should join the church is because you have a testimony that this is the church of Jesus Christ. And if you make um, Jesus Christ the focal point of why you're here, everything else becomes so minuscule in comparison. And then to the people who are struggling with their testimony, maybe they're less active. What I'd what I would say to you is don't forget the spiritual experiences that you had because those are so important. Just take the time, pray. Don't be afraid to reach out to your bishop or your branch president. Reach out to some of your friends, to your ministering brothers or sisters, or if you're in the Relief Study or Relief Study president, reach out to someone in the church that you know you can trust. Bring up your um, concerns and your questions and get as much support around you as you need. And then I can't guarantee it's that everything's going to work out completely fine, but with a lot of prayer and a lot of support from people, it will get better. And that's something I can promise you is it will get better. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Oliver. Before we end, do you have anything else that you wanted to share? Any other bits of advice, any bits of your story, anything? Check out my blog. <laughs> Check out the blog. All right. That's Oliver's Church. Oliver's Church blog. Oliver's Church blog. Gotcha. Cool. Right on, Oliver. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us. Your, your story is inspiring. Um, man, I, I can't imagine what it's... Uh, I was born and raised in the church, and it's really easy for me to take things for granted, take doctrines for granted, um, take the, the church community we have for granted, but it's really refreshing for me to be able to hear, you know, as painful as it can be, but to hear the struggle and to, to hear the, the journey, to hear about the journey of, of joining the church and, and leaving the church and then coming back, it's, a, it's inspiring to me and it gives me some, some needed perspective. So I appreciate that. Um, check out Oliver's blog. Feel free to subscribe to Saints Unscripted if you haven't yet. And if you have questions for Oliver, can they leave them in the comments section of this video? Is that okay? Sure, or if you want to link my Instagram too, or there's an email address on my blog, they can email me as well if they have any questions. I'm more than, just keep it respectful and then we'll be fine. Great, yeah, totally agree. Awesome. Oliver, thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks for listening. 
If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.